This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Behold podcast, dear listener. This is Sean and the one and only, the the podium placer recently <laughs> in pickleball tournamenter, Mr. Right. Daniel Gillette. Hi, what's up? Yep, that is true. I uh, third place medaled with uh, with Ben Wong in a pickleball tournament in Foster City wow. last week. So shout out to to Ben Wong and yeah, it was, it was really fun. It's good good time. Yeah. The almost equally esteemed Mr. Tim Barley also not in pickleball. Well, <laughs> once ranked once ranked in tennis in, in the state of Florida. Different sports, different era. <laughs> yeah. You still you're still pretty deadly with the racket. Don't uh, lie. I can yeah I can beat a rat up if I need to. Nice. Tim, you just had a special week, did you not? I did. I believe it was Sweet 16, is that right? Yeah, right. Close. Oh, 60, oh, that's right. There you go. Yeah. So there tell what, what what happened last week? Yeah, I just um, had a birthday and a bunch of guys wanted to do something fun. So we went hiking up in an area called the Lost Coast. Did you find it? We did. So but it's not, not lost anymore. You ruined well, it for everybody. We're not going to tell anybody else where it is, though. <laughs> you have to find it in Fair order enough. to make it your reality. Yeah. Um, and then went over and hung out with family for a few uh, few days. In Hawaii. And on our... Such a terror. It's <laughs> a <laughs> so two-parter. It was a two-leg trip. It was. It was pretty crazy, but it was, it was fun. Well, thanks for the invite, dude. Appreciate it. You got one. <laughs> you know both of you did. <laughs> well, it's debatable. Somebody, somebody planned their, so selfish, they planned their birthday trip during my daughter's first birthday party. Come Who on, does dude. that? Come on. I'm I kidding. Can't. Well, so while you were turning 60, <laughs> Wendy was turning one, so couldn't miss that, you know? Well, and, and I completely agree. Yeah. It's just one of those things in life that, yeah, it's just always going to be that way. She, she and I will be fighting for birthday. I know. You know, kind <laughs> yeah, of the privileges. This is one of the, the two loves of my life. Anyways, <laughs> we it looked like you had a good time though. We did. Okay, share share one highlight, one fun fun little thing that happened. Fun thing. I'll share. I'll share two. Just okay. real quickly. Okay. Uh, so we we went jumping off these cliffs, and there there was this other group of guys that were there, and they had a drone. Oh, and nice. so they said, "Hey, we'll take footage of you guys jumping." So and fun. To you. So they so Daniel Fuad uh, was there, and so. He went over and got, you know, they exchanged information. And is this end of the world? It's called end of the world. You've been there yeah. with me. Yeah. So it's great, 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 great footage. So the next day we did this really cool hike uh, in this rainforest area, these thousand foot waterfalls and just gorgeous. And you have to, you have to hike in this kind of ancient Hawaiian, you know, water irrigation um, kind of trough that's been, uh, they've bored out holes or tunnels in these mountains. And so you get in these troughs and the troughs goes, troughs go through the mountains. And so you get in and per, you know, completely dark, the water's up to your waist. It had rained the night before wow. things were crazy. So we, we went through the, the first, there's three tunnels. We went through the first one and we started to go through the second one. And anyway, we ended up running into those same guys. Crazy. Oh, wow. done the drone footage the day before they're like, Daniel, and they're yelling at Daniel. Oh my gosh. Well, they'd gone ahead of us and all of a sudden we were getting ready to go into the next bore, the next tunnel. 
And they turned around and came back and we're like, what's going on? Like, man, this thing is way too dangerous. We're not, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. And we're like, really? And they're like, yeah, man, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do this. And I'm like, what about the the trail? Cause you can, you can walk around the mountain instead of going through the, the the water trough. Like, no, there's no way with all this rain, everything is just too dangerous. And so they hiked away. So we just kind of stood there and we're like, man, we've come all this way. and, And what do we do? And, so I'm like, well, let me just check out this trail. And if it if it's dangerous or if anyone feels uncomfortable, we'll all turn around and agree. Uh, uh. And anyway, we ended up making it all the way to our final destination, which was this ridiculous slide that goes into, oh, the, so cascades wow. into this pool. And we were all, you know, just kind of boy proud that we yeah, had done yeah, yeah. with the other group, the locals, you know, had turned around and left yeah, and we ended up doing that. A bunch of howlies did it. And then the tsunami came. <laughs> right, so, right, right, right. Well, when you said final destination, I was like, dude, are you, are you dead? Are you, are you here via like spirit? Your, <laughs> your final destination? Oh my goodness. And the other was one of the guys on the trip, um, his grandparents lived on the island. Um, not, not, not believers, but, um, got to go visit with them and just had some, amazing God moments, you know, with them. And, um, we asked, uh, if we could pray and, um, let us, and at the end of the prayer, grand grandma was weeping. And she said, you know, we, I realized that I didn't have a Bible in our house. And so I went and got us like a secondhand Bible, oh, cool. you know, the other day, it's just kind of an interesting thing that you guys are here. And I just did that. And, and so I said, well, I actually have a sister who lives a few minutes from you. I said, do you, do you understand what the Bible is saying? She goes, no, I don't, I don't get it at all. Wow. I'm like, oh, my sister would love to come and meet with you. Amazing. <laughs> and so we're praying that that, that works out. So, That's cool. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Wow. What an eventful week. It was, yeah, for all of us. Yeah. Wow. Well, and what an eventful week coming up, right? Big time. It is a it's current- the week. <laughs> it's currently April 6th as we were recording this. And that means that this coming Sunday is what is known as Palm Sunday. And then next week, you know, that whole week is referred to in the Christian world as Holy Week. You have Monty Thursday and Good Friday and Easter week. And it's just such a, I mean, people commonly will say it's like the Super Bowl for Christians or something like that. <laughs> I don't know if I like that, but it's, you know, we're, we're this is traditionally when we relive and remember these just incredible events that changed history for everybody forever, you know, and and absolutely like these things are all true any, any day of the year, but it's a special thing, you know, as a church family to be unified and to just walk through these events together to, to remember this coming Sunday, you know, Jesus triumphantly returning to Jerusalem and people bowing before him with their ropes and their palm leaves. And, you know, on Monday, Thursday with his, his last time with his apostles and just everything that he commanded and told us to do, you know, in that time, Good Friday, you know, him going to the cross and of course, Easter, him, him being resurrected and conquering the grave and securing our eternal hope and all, all the stuff, you know, it's what an amazing week. And so part of our hope today is, is like the title of this podcast, Behold, we just want to get our, our hearts and minds in a beholding attitude you know as we're heading into easter we want to be beholding god the father and his 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 heart towards his people yeah. you know his son jesus and his obedience to, and his love for us the holy spirit being the the enabler and initiator of these things like man what a, so much to unpack and to be just awestruck by as we uh, head into this next week and so we're excited for that but today we are talking about rescue 
Yeah, yeah. It's it's an it's an interesting title. What what comes to mind for you guys when when we? Because that's that's what we're calling this three week little little Easter series. Um, well, yeah, what what comes to mind for you, Tim? Yeah, I I I think about this term often, and you know, growing up in Florida and now in California, just this idea of all these folks out in the ocean, mm. just needing to be rescued They They are in trouble mm. and they are flailing mm. and there's a lifeguard right there. And the lifeguard is reaching out his hand saying, let me rescue you. Let yeah. me save you. And the excuses are all over the map. Like, you know, some person is clinging to another person saying, Oh, well, this person is going to save me. And, and but we're thinking they're going down too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't rely on someone that doesn't know how to rescue people and doesn't have the, 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 what they need to be able to provide that. So just that idea of what will it take for people to recognize that we all need to be rescued. And Jesus is the only one who can, who can rescue us ultimately. Hmm. I pick, I mean, it's so ridiculous to think about, but I'm picturing in that scene, like, just the current cultural status of self-help and self-realization. We're like, Hey, let me rescue you. And they're like, hang on, I'm reading a book about how to be a better swimmer. I got this, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, that, that's, we should make some kind of a video about yeah, that. So like a be, sketch. Yeah. 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 That'd be really fun. No. And I love the, the, just kind of the way we're, we're attacking this from a Trinitarian point of view. And Nate did a great job uh, last Sunday, just talking about the, the father's role in this in this rescue plan that we see all throughout this, uh, the scriptures, all throughout redemptive history, as we often say. And Nate did did the, you know set the scene basically talking about um, God the Father being the orchestrator of our salvation from start to finish. And I love that idea of it. Kind of gave me this picture of of a um, an orchestra led by a conductor, mm. and a lot of times. We, we look at, it's easy to look at that conductor and be like, he's not really part of the orchestra. The orchestra is kind of all the people who are holding instruments and making sounds. But if you talk to a conductor, he would say, my instrument is the orchestra. I uh, am playing. I, I'm, I am, I'm just as much. And, and that's how the, the, the rest of the instrumentalists think of him as well. He's playing the, the different instruments. Yeah. And I just thought that was a really cool picture of the father's role in our, this rescue plan of, of Jesus coming, uh, you know, living a perfect life, dying a brutal death, coming back to life, ascending to heaven, sitting on the throne, you know, with the promise that he will return. Like the father is, is involved in every aspect of that. And Nate did just an amazing job. And, and I think the conversation that we should have is just about, where are people at with their understanding of God as their father? Yeah. And do they see him as, you know, close and connected and, and loving and faithful and um, involved, you know, or, or do they see him as, as cold and distant and, you know, just, he's like the angry part of God that's always, you know, throwing lightning bolts down, you know, like, and, and, and causing all these terrible things to happen. I think a lot of times we unknowingly import those, those ideas onto God, the father. So maybe we could talk about that a little bit. What have you guys, what has been your personal experience and, and, and how have you heard other people in the church talk about their views and their thoughts about 
God the Father? Does it line up with with what we see Nate unpacking? You know. Yeah, I think I think it's so hard, and I think it's so important in, in all regards, um, in God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus, but really all all applications of what it means to be a follower of Christ. You know, it, we we can't help but impart our our experience growing up. You know, in our areas with our families and our friends, we can't help but separate, not separate. You know, our working experience, our experience with social media, and, and all the things. You know, which we have a lot of just biases that we. Some of them we can identify and we're good about it, and we can separate them. And a lot of them are more sneaky. I think this is definitely one of them. You know, we we have such a hard time wrapping our brains around the fact that God the Father does not do things the same way that we humans do, mm-hmm. you know, that he could possibly be motivated in ways that we are not. And especially right now with the way culture is going, I mean, things are just so driven by me, 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 you know, and the idea of true selflessness is rare to find out mm-hmm. there in the world. And even, you know, it's even applauded, you know, with capitalism and right now we, we, we applaud you doing what's best for you, yeah. you know? And so to try to think about someone just going through and, and, and planning for something that is so selfless, it's hard to really be able to identify, mm-hmm. you know? So I think definitely, to answer your question, I think definitely people have a hard time separating either their experiences with their own dads, you know, which I'm sure we'll talk about, or their experience with other humans. You know, maybe it's their boss, maybe it's whoever, their president, whatever it is. People in power, they have a hard time not thinking about God that way. You know, when, when in reality, they are distortions of what power and what authority and a father figure are supposed to be from the beginning. Yeah. And so one of the questions that we have to acknowledge is, do we, do we validate the reality of the abuse or neglect or pain that people have gone through? Absolutely. We, we have to do that. You know, it's, it's, we may not be able to relate to it on a personal level, but that doesn't mean that we don't acknowledge it and validate it and just hear people and recognize that there are a lot of folks who have been through some horrific kind of situations. I think you guys know that we, we learned over the years on days like Mother's Day and Father's Day, you know, instead of coming up and saying, hey, it's a great day. It's Mother's Day. Everyone loves their mom. Everyone loves their dad. And now, right. and over the years, we, we learned, we got feedback from folks saying. It's complicated. It, it is very, it's messy. And yeah. it's, you know, for all kinds of reasons. And so, yeah, we validate that. But at the same time, we don't discredit, you know, who God is yeah. and his perfect track record. You know, his undeniable, uh, I, I, I was drawn to the scripture that Nate used in these, uh, in the points that he brought up and, and just his, his use of Matthew three, when the voice of the father, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So we get this, even though we know the end of the story, we know what Jesus endured, you know, you know, yeah. by the father's, you know, decree. Yeah. We still have this, this statement, you know, from the father, just assuring us, this is my beloved son. You know, I am, I am, I am emotionally connected, 
you know, with him, he is, he is part of me, Yeah, you know? And, yeah. and so we can't discredit that. So, well, it, show, it shows you God's heart. It shows you that, that he's not cold and distant. And if that's how he talks about his, his, his only begotten son, that, you know, that, that true familial connection with, you know, that, like that, I love how Nate said, like, there's this great personal affection. There's a, there's a personal connection and, and a delight. It's not like, oh, good job. Well, well done, son. Like you could go along, run along. You know, it's like, it's like, no, I'm so stoked. I'm so pleased in my son. And then what is, what does he do through the finished work of Jesus on the cross is he gives us the opportunity to be adopted into mm-hmm. his family and be grafted into, um, his, his, that connection that he has with Jesus, right? So that Jesus calls us brother, you know, and sister. And so now we are, we can experience that same personal connection and that same delight. And, and I think that's the thing that a lot of us walk around without a functional uh, understanding of. We, we, we know it to be true. We could tell you what the verses say, but sometimes we, we don't walk as if it's true. You know, we still, we still kind of live under a performance based mentality where if I'm doing well and you know, I'm, I'm serving and I'm healthy and walking in obedience, like God's happy with me and he loves me more. But if I'm, if I'm not, then I'm in the doghouse and I better, I better give him him, him some space cause he's mad at me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I love one of the things that Nate, Nate said is like, when we stand before our judge at the end of time, whether when we die or, you know, at the end of days, when, when the whole world is judged, like, are we going to be standing in our righteousness or are we going to be standing in the, in, in Christ's righteousness? And I don't know. I've heard a lot of people have this sentiment of like, Oh, uh, I'll die for my own sins. You know, like I'll, I'll figure it out. It's like, you know, like I'll rescue myself. Right. Or I'll just, I'll deal with the consequences when they come, you know, but what the father is offering us is he, he says, you know, I want you to, to be as righteous as Jesus. And that's the whole point of this rescue plan that I've, that I've enacted and that I've facilitated all the way through. And so that when you, when you come into my kingdom, like you'll, you'll be just like Jesus, you know? And man, that is something that I think if we, if we could really have a functional understanding of God's love for us in that way, that it's unconditional, I think it would really change the way we live, right? That it's not based on kind of how we perform. What do you guys think? Yeah, this is something I, I speak about a lot and it's the difference between unconditional love and unconditional support mm. because the, the God is the initiator, the, the originator of this concept of unconditional love. When we become his children, his adopted sons and daughters, we receive his unconditional love. However, that does not mean that God gives us unconditional support to do whatever we want. Right. There's no way that's that, that would be bad parenting, but there's a, there's this, this kind of current in culture today that says, no, if you're going to, if you truly say that you unconditionally, then that means that you also love me, you know, uh, with unconditional support. 
whatever I want to be, whatever I think, you know, whatever I want to do that if you don't fully support that, then you're not truly modeling unconditional love. Mm. So this is a, a, a big issue. And it goes back to what you were saying, Dan, maybe many of us know people who they seem to demonstrate and they seem to affirm that they are truly followers of Jesus, that they have been born again, that Jesus is their savior, that, you know, God, you know, is their, is their King. However, when God doesn't deliver what they want Mm. or God doesn't treat them in the manner that they think he should, all of a sudden, immediately, some of these folks go to, well, he's not trustworthy, yeah, you know, or he's not being the dad he should be. Instead of saying, well, wait a minute, maybe this is part of God's design to develop my character. You know, obviously there's things that happen to us on a fallen earth that aren't his his desires for us, but because of the curse, we have to, to learn to live with that. Do we trust our father just because things aren't, you know, turning out the way we would like them to, you know, or do we say, no, he's not worthy of our trust just because things didn't. And that's when we look to Jesus. Yeah. And I think we look at what, what did he endure? What did he experience? What was he called upon to do? And what was his attitude to the father through that? Yeah, and I think I think with that, it's like we can so easily just get caught up in, I don't want to say selfishness, but just a self-seeking mentality in some of these things. You know, like you just said, it's, oh, God didn't do what I wanted him to do right now, and therefore X, Y, Z. Um, and I think that just stems from, again, that you don't know God. You don't trust who he is if that's your mentality. It's like, Dan, you recently were talking about, you know, your kids not wanting to try certain foods. It's like, yeah, they they know what they want. Sure, they have their preferences, and they don't want to eat something different than that. I get that. But if they really trust you and you're telling them, hey, this is you're going to like this. It's going to be better for you. If they really trust that and they're not coming from a place of, of what they want, then they should just try the dang food, right? And it seems so silly. It's like an example of kids eating foods, and yet we all behave like that all the time with God of – Okay, well, yeah, I know the like you said, I know the verses, and you know, I know you know God loved the, son, the world so much He sent His Son, yeah, yeah. But you know, I really want that job, so God make it happen, you know. Or I really want to get married, and I haven't met someone, or whatever it is. You know, insert your situation. We all have our stuff, and there's just something so hard. I think you know, food's an easy example, but with the things that get more, you know, visceral and emotional, and and there's trauma related and all kinds of stuff. I, I get it. It's it's big stuff, but and still. I think it stems from the beginning with us laying aside, you know, what we want and just trusting that God's will is better. Because like you said, what do we see in Jesus? You know, we look to Jesus and what do we see? And we're going to talk about that a lot this next week when we look at First Peter. Uh, man, he entrusted himself to, to him who because he knows that he judges justly so he can entrust himself. You know, and yeah, Jesus had his preferences. He said, Father, please don't let this happen. You know, let this cut pass from me. Yeah. But... I trust you. Let your will be done. Yeah. I mean, so much of relationships is expectations, right? And so if you're listening and you're like, yeah, I'm in that camp where I don't trust the father or I don't, I don't live as if his love for me is, is unconditional. 
maybe maybe your your mind is in need of just some renewal because maybe mm. maybe you're you're expecting god to to do certain things or to or to feel a certain way or to say a certain thing or or just do a certain thing for you and and those expectations are you just made them up they're not in the bible right like one you know one thing jesus teaches in in matthew chapter 6 that god he'll provide for you right he's he's like hey i i take care of the birds of the air i you know i clothe the 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 lilies in the field you know you're way more precious to the father than than these are and so he's going to give you what you need so just seek him first and trust him for that but i think some but people, i need a new car yeah then. exactly exactly <laughs> or, yeah or i i i want x amount of you know bank account or or salary or paycheck whatever you know and and i think man i just sometimes we we just take something some idea we got whether it maybe it's from the bible or maybe it's just from our own experience with our dads or or just what what our heart's desire is and then we just kind of expect god to 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 provide for us in that way and i think we just need to come back to what does the bible actually say that the father is committed to do for us and 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 i think if we do if we if we kind of get in line with that then we're going to realize, oh, he's doing it. He's doing exactly what he said he was going to do. And he has been doing it, you know, faithfully, generation after generation. Nate brought up the passage from Isaiah 53 and, mm-hmm. and Isaiah 53, 10. There's this startling, you know, passage where we, we read, and it was the Lord's will to crush him. Yeah. And now, why why would it be the Lord's will to crush his beloved? You know, what in the world, what kind of father would would will that his son be crushed? You know, what what was behind that? And Nate did a great job of explaining that that the there was purpose that went far beyond, you know, this this event. The the crushing was a tragic necessity to produce what we enjoy today, what we are able to experience today. And I think that's where a lot of people just kind of, they can't, they can't make the connection because we ask them, could it be part, could what you're going through be part of God's plan right now for something better that that you can't see in this moment? Yeah. I think that's, that's so huge. And to an unbelieving world, especially that is a stark Con, you know, or it's a stark, um, shocking kind of statement. And I learned a new word on Sunday. I had to look it up because <laughs> Nate, Nate, in his big, beautiful brain, uh, dropped it. And I was like, what does that mean? But it's kind of a fun one. He, so he said, he said, this is not a divine child abuse canard, you know? So, um, do you guys know what canard means? I had, to, canard. I had to look it up. Have you ever heard that? I've only heard it. Uh, when is it? It's like a, like a story. Yeah. So it's an unfounded rumor or story. And, and you understand why an unbelieving world would, would think that, that this is just so cruel and, and it's, it's this, you know, vengeful, wrathful father, just, you know, but, but you see the account of Jesus in the gospels and just how obedient and faithful he is to, to the father. And you see that there's this love and this fellowship and this unity between him and the father. Um, th- this is clearly not Jesus being a victim. You know, this is clearly not Jesus 
going along with something against his will. Um, he is in lockstep with his father on this. And I think that's so important. Um, there's, there's incredible delight and, and obedience, you know, here with these two members of the Trinity. And even though Jesus did pray, as you said, Sean, is there any other way? Just, I'm just checking right before I, I do this thing. Um, and, and in that moment, again, we see his surrender of his will for something greater, like you said, Tim. And what's that verse in Hebrews for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And so, yeah, sometimes we are, we're in a, a, a period of trial or sorrow, or we have to go through something really difficult. And the choice we have to, we have to consider is, are we going to entrust ourselves to the father like Jesus did? Are we going to just say, okay, I, I, I might not be able to see the forest for the trees, but, but I know what your heart is and I know what your f- commitment is to me. And, and I'm just, you know, I'm with you ride or die. We're going to do this. And Jesus did that perfectly for us to, to see. And to me, that's like a, a huge vote of confidence, you know, like Jesus trusted the father and he had to endure this really, really hard thing. Something harder than, than none of us will ever have to endure anything as hard as that. And he was able to trust his father because he was convinced that of his heart and his faithfulness and, and his commitment to, to him and to, to us as the adopted kids of this new family, you know? So man, I think that should um, kind of give us, courage, you know, to, to trust. Yeah. And you know, you, you watch some videos on TikTok or, or wherever, and you the have tic-tac. these, tic-tac, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have these, you know, these just passionate people saying, wait a minute, God, it was God's will to crush his kid. Yeah. What kind of a, what kind of a God, what kind of a maniacal God yeah. would ever do that? And they, and, and all of a sudden you, you can just imagine the viewers like, Wow, I yeah, never thought right. of it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I never thought. I, I remember, you know, watching a video of Oprah. Mm-hmm. You know, sit, said she was in a church service, and and one day the pastor said, you know, our God is a jealous God, and so Oprah on national television is saying, wait a minute, God is jealous. Mm-hmm. He's jealous. Why would I want? Why would I ever want to be? involved or connected with a jealous God. And so mm. all these millions of viewers are like, whoa, they're buying in. It sounds so yeah, right. Yeah. Right. You get this authoritative, you know, mm-hmm. voice saying these things that isn't, isn't fleshed out properly. Well, well and, and think about this too. I mean, this, this is mind blowing. So I, I love you guys a lot. Okay. We've got a history together. You know, we've, we, we, we've, we've, we've been through thick and thin but I don't know if I would give my son to save you. I, 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 I wouldn't give either of my sons. I mean, it, and but Hazel, how much, Hazel though. yeah, but how much would you have to love somebody yeah. to, 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 to offer your son that's to good. save their yeah. lives? That's, that's real. And, and so it, when we read something like God so loved the world that he gave his only son, we're like, okay, that's cool. That's so nice. Well, he's so generous. No, like, think about that. Like, this is his beloved, his only begotten son. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I, I just, I can't even fathom love like that mm-hmm. where, where I would, I would willingly take all this wrath and, and righteous judgment 
and place it on my son so that my enemy <laughs> could, could go free. And that's what the father did for us. And so if that doesn't show you what his heart is for us, yeah. I mean, you're, you're just, you're not paying attention. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to receive Jesus right now and you're listening to this based on that, that <laughs> opportunity, man, please get down on your knees right now yeah. and acknowledge the love of God for, for our sorry yeah. behinds. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so good. And I, I appreciated well, both of those things, but I was thinking about how you said Jesus gives God credibility, you know, yeah. because Jesus is, is God. He's, you know, <laughs> he's God. And in, in, in the Acts passage there, they went through on Sunday, you know, this is a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs. Mm-hmm. This is, Jesus is, he's got street cred. You know, yeah. he's, he's doing miracles left and right. You know, he's got power. People see that power and witness that power. And Jesus knows his father in a way that we do not, you know, we know God. But we do not know him as perfectly and, and as intimately and as deeply as the Holy Spirit does or as Jesus do, because they're, they're the Trinity. They're one, you know? Yeah. And, and yet, and Jesus knew what he was about to endure. You know, he knew what was going, what the, the, the tragedy that was going to come. And yet he, he did it because he knew God perfectly and knew he was trustworthy. You yeah. know, knew he's faithful, knew he, all the things. So yeah, I think, man, it's it's like looking to Jesus, the perfecter of our faith, like you said, uh, we have endurance and we have hope. And doesn't it say that so you can build your hope for what's to come in that Hebrews passage? That sounds right. We'll get the fact checkers on yeah, that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, but I love that too. Like, it, you know, Jesus knew what he was about to endure and not just the, the, the public and the 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 intense physical pain, but also the just the weight of the 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 sin of the world. I mean, just think about that. And then that moment when when the Father turns His face away, you know, and because Jesus became sin, and so for for all of eternity, the Father and Son have been in this perfect fellowship and union, and now when Jesus becomes sin, there's a separation for the first time ever. And you just think about the, just the emotional pain of that, that, that Jesus endured for us. And, and even the father, you know, that, that could not have been, even though he was, it was his will, Hmm. right. It had to break his heart too, you know, but I think, they knew what was going to happen after, right? You know, so so when Peter's talking in the Acts passage, when he's preaching that message to all those people who gathered at Pentecost, he's saying, he says, hey, God raised him up, right? He loosed, he loosed the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. So they knew, even though this really terrible thing was going to happen, not only was it the only way for the rescue plan to, to work, but they knew what was on the other side of it. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we don't know that, right? So we don't know what we don't know what's on the other side of our trial. Um and and so we have to trust that God is faithful and that you know he's going to carry us through the whole thing, right? Yeah, that, that's when that word propitiation really becomes so important to our understanding of of, of what happened and and they used 
used uh, the Romans 3 passage to discuss that because that concept of propitiation, it, it really has two distinct stages. Stage one is to appease the wrath of the offended one, but stage two is to restore fellowship with him. Mm. So we've got these two monumental things that are happening. One was the appeasing of God's wrath, but it wasn't just about that. It was also the only way that relationship could be restored um, through through propitiation, through this appeasing sacrifice that Jesus made. And I just think that's so, so important to remember. Wow. It's beautiful. And I even think about, like, I like the phrase you just said, we don't know the other side of our suffering, you know? Yeah. Sure, we don't know the future, only God does. But what we do know, we're the same kind of thing. That's a twofold thing, propitiation. Suffering is a twofold thing. You know, two things we know, the Lord has told us, two things happen when we suffer. We we grow, we get sanctified, become more like Jesus, and God is glorified. And I think that piece of it is so important for us when we're in those moments of God, I can't trust you. Why are you doing this? Why is this happening? Why do I have cancer? Why? Man, God can be glorified through this. And that's a huge part of Jesus's suffering. He knew the glory that God was going to receive when was happening upon the cross, his resurrection. And I think now I think about I mean, that, that passage in 1 Peter 4, we're talking about persecution and suffering. I just love the way it's worded. And I'm going to read it. It's starting in verse 12. Verse 12 is, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. Which I love that wording because it just feels so like, come on, you dummy, you knew this is coming for you, you know? <laughs> but then verse 13, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings. And then this part is so good, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Man, we're, so we're, we're told rejoice that you're sharing in sufferings of Christ and rejoice that as that's happening, there's opportunities for you to be giving glory to God. There's opportunities for you to be testifying to the hope you have in God. And that alone makes suffering worth it. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's so yeah, good. I'm yeah. glad you, I'm glad you said that. it's like, we don't know the exact particulars of how long the trial is going to last. How, what type of suffering we're going to have, how bad it's going to be, right? We, we have promises that God said, I'm not going to allow you to go through something that is harder mm-hmm. than what you're able to, to, to take. And I'm not going to bring something into your life that is not just a normal, common part of living in a broken world. You know, um, that's First uh, Corinthians 10, 13 talks about those two ideas. But I, that that's so cool. It's like we know the purposes of it. Like, and for and you did just a beautiful job of explaining how God is glorified when we endure trials. But that Hebrews twelve passage that we referenced earlier, um, you know, just about considering Jesus, who who for the joy set before him endured mm-hmm. the cross. Um, if you keep reading in that Hebrews um, twelve, it talks about the idea of God disciplining us as a father, and how because he does or when he does discipline us it's actually proof that we belong to him as his sons and daughters um verse 7 says god is treating you as sons mm. because what father doesn't discipline his kids right yeah. and um in fact if you yeah if you didn't if you weren't disciplined by god the father if you didn't have to go through hardship and and tough kind of growth things then you're actually not legitimate children right mm. um and he's like, and, and even so, like, even, even though we all have earthly fathers who are 
you know, broken and imperfect, they disciplined us and later we thank them for it. Right. And so, and I love what it says here, like in verse 11, um, it says for the moment, for at the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Do you guys agree? Mm -hmm. Okay. No one enjoys, we don't have to be like, Oh, this trial is so fun. I love, I love this, this pain and and suffering I'm going through. This is great. Cancer is amazing. Like we would never say that. right? Right. That would be ridiculous. But later, later on, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And I think we would all say, I'll take that. I'll yeah. t- sign me up. Peaceful mm. fruit of righteousness. That sounds awesome. I'll take that. I-, I would love to live this like centered, you know, calm existence, knowing that I'm in the right, you know, I'm righteous, like as Jesus is right. But it, yeah. but there, it comes at a price. The price is we have to be trained by the discipline yeah. because a lot of times we when we're being disciplined, we want to get it over as fast as we can. <laughs> right. Yeah. End this thing, God, where's the exit? Where, you know, where's the off ramp? Mm. Get me out of here. I'm, I, I hate this, you know? And we pray that way. God, let this trial end. You know, um, I feel like a lot of times we should pray, God, let me learn what I need to learn. So this trial can end. Right. Seriously. You know? Yeah. And so, so that idea of like being trained by the discipline that's that's how Jesus lived, right? That's what Jesus did all the way up until the point of death. And and so I think he's the forerunner for us in that. Like we we if Jesus could trust the Father all the way to to his death, then we can trust him through our trials. Man, I love you just said that just as you were talking, you said righteousness. I thought if we do that, we we would get righteousness. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me of Isaiah 32 that says the 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 result of righteousness is trust or peace. Sorry. And mm-hmm. the effect of righteousness is quietness and trust forever. That's good. I just love the idea of those, of being able to access that peace and quietness and trust forever in the midst of hard things. Yeah. Tim, you got something, you got your big old Bible open. What you got? No, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> there's so much that just affirms what, what we're talking about here. Yeah. And, um, again, just recognizing that, the father always, always, always has, has intentions that are for our eternal best interest, our eternal best interest. And I always have to remind myself of that. You know, it may not seem like it's for my momentary best interest, but, but that's to be you know discussed, mm-hmm. but, but always for my eternal best interest, everything. And so I just hear those, that, that idea echoed through all the things that you guys are saying. Yeah, and that's I, that's a great point to maybe wrap up and end on is is God is not unclear about what He wants for His people. <laughs> you know, He wants us to abide in Him and His Son and be with Him forever. That's the end game for us. That's the goal. Yeah. And so on the way there, yeah, we might want something different, but God is unapologetic in His Word that no, this this is what I'm going to do for my people. This is what I'm promising for my people. And like you said earlier, Dan, He's been faithful to do that. We can see through generations and generations that God has worked actively towards those goals. Does him not granting our goals mean he's not faithful? Not at all. Because he's told us, this is what I'm promising you. And those are amazing. It reminds me of like, like if we're on like a road trip somewhere, like Mm -hmm. this is our goal. We're driving to Santa Cruz, you know? And along the way, you know, your kid's like, oh, let's go to Dave and Buster's right here. You know, (laughs) you saying no is not you not loving them. Yeah. But it's you being faithful to what you've promised you're going to do for your family. And man, God is that that same father to us. Yeah, it's really good. And 
I was just thinking too, I don't know, like back to that idea of the father's, it was a father's will to crush his son or, or some translation says he was pleased to crush his son. That, that delight, that, um, that pleasure that, that God feels for his beloved, you see that not just at the point of the cross, you see that his, his whole entire, entire earthly ministry. And, um, we understand from a theological standpoint that that's always been his position from eternity past. And I love the Philippians two, nine through 11 passage too, because you see God's pleasure in the, in, in the, the, the resurrected and ascended reigning King Jesus, right? He, he says, God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. And there's this sense in that, in that, in that verse that this made the father so, so happy. You know, he was stoked to do this to, because the, the, the rescue mission, he accomplished it. He did everything that, that, was laid out for him. Yeah. And, and now he's in this glorified position, you know, and, and restored to his, the, the fellowship and unity that they had from eternity past. And so it's, you know, you, you, it's just like anything in the Bible. If you look at it in a vacuum, yep. you're going to get sideways. <laughs> so you got to see the whole story. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like coming into a movie halfway through right. and seeing like three minutes of it. And you're like, this movie sucks. Like, <laughs> I don't know who these characters are. And like, what a terrible storyline. And, right. you know, it's like, it's like, no, you, you just haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah. And that's, that's the reality of where we live, you know, and it's the reality of where people are. And so hopefully as we continue to, to learn and grow and trust and apply, you know, all these things to life on a broken down planet will come together in a way that helps us to realize, okay, God, God does know what he's doing. Mm. You know, and I, I don't always feel that way. And, and, and when I watch TikTok videos, they don't always affirm that, <laughs> you know, but where do I go? Where do I go for my ultimate source for, for truth? you know, for, for foundation building in my life. And I pray to God, it's not TikTok. <laughs> you know, um, we go to the word of God, we go to the word of God, you know, and if we don't understand it, we, we find folks who can come around us who are, are doing the, the hard work of, of true biblical interpretation, you know, without injection, you know, of, of, uh, of opinion that takes us, you know, down dark rabbit holes. Wow. Well said. Well said. Go to go to his word. And then for those of you, let's be my last thing. For those of you who are suffering, if you're in that state of man, I don't know my God as long as it happened, what do you do right now? First of all, you go to God's word, like Tim just said. You 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 acknowledge the purpose of suffering in your life, you know, for you to become more like Jesus and for God to receive glory. And then what do we do? I'm just gonna I'm gonna go back to that first Peter four passage. I love the way that that chapter four ends after he just said that about suffering and giving the glory. So therefore, it's just such a succinct thing. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful Creator mm. while doing good. That's mm. it. Yeah. Entrust your soul to a faithful Creator and keep doing good. Keep loving one another. Keep serving one another, and entrust that God's doing what He He promises he's going to do for you. 
let's let's stay committed to live more simply. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I love the simplicity, you know, of that. You know, just the 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 freedom that that provides us. But man, we love to complicate things, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Well, um, should we land the plane here? Yeah, all that to say, um, make sure you follow our brand new Valley Bible Church TikTok channel. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a joke. Uh, no, but for real, a couple things coming up. Uh, this Thursday, tomorrow, is Extol. Yep. And what an opportunity, you know, just to delight in the Lord together, you know, to spend some time in prayer and unity and singing and all that good stuff. So we'd love to have you guys there tomorrow or today, whenever you're listening to this, I guess, at Extol, 7 o'clock at the crossing. And we're kicking off uh, this discovery course after Easter because we, we want a lot of new folks to come and, and visit us, you know, for Palm Sunday, for Easter Sunday, but we don't want it to stop there. And so if if tradition holds true, a lot of folks will walk through our doors who don't follow Jesus, who don't participate in, you know, church life, yeah. let alone, you know, live their lives as as you know, children of, of God. And so we have been considering that and, and we're convinced that the reason is that, that there's a lot of confusion out there about, mm. well, wait a minute, why should I, you know, what, first of all, I don't even know why I'm here, you know, on, on this planet. Secondly, why should I, why should I, why be is this guy better than that God or this correct, religion better than that? Religion? Correct. Yeah. Or, or what convinces you guys that the Bible is so trustworthy right. and what does Jesus have to do with any of this? Mm-hmm. So anyway, those are some of the questions that we'll be answering. And so we're going to have the, that course that'll begin May 1st here at the crossing campus from 1230 till two. And it'll include a savory lunch Catered, catered, wow. lunch catered by various lunch. delicious restaurants. Yeah, yeah, and we can't wait to meet all of your friends that and neighbors and coworkers and yeah. And don't send them, bring them, bring them. Right? Yeah, yeah. So we got those cards to help you do that. Hopefully, each one of you took one uh, after church on Sunday. And there's a bunch more in the lobby because I know you're just going to be running out of them. So nice. make sure you put those in people's hands and and come up with a game plan for you guys to come to church together uh, all throughout the week. All right, y'all. Hope you come to all these things. Hope you keep just focusing on and delighting in God's rescue plan for you. And we'll see y'all soon. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.